Give us your name and your profession. My name is Lauren. Uh, my producer name is Lower the Producer, and I'm a producer. How did you get started? So I got started, it's kind of been a long road. So when I was 12, I got a keyboard from my grandmother and I used to play on it all the time. And then uh, I also get babysat by my uncle and he had an iMac computer. And I was just playing around with the computer and I discovered GarageBand. And then from there I would take like loops and I would uh, mix them together and like create songs and stuff. And I would burn them on CDs, kind of showing my age a little bit. And uh, I would like play them for my mom in the car all the time and bug her. And then from then on, I started making beats on like my iPad. And then once I got to college, I started using uh, Logic Pro because my uh, school had like a, a music studio. So I would go in there and um, keep creating and I've been doing it ever since. Okay, so uh, is your mom, um, your grandma, is she a, a music artist? She doesn't? No, no. She, you know, I, I feel like everybody's grandmother is like a proclaimed like church organist, but outside of that, uh, no, she's not really a musician. So I see in your bio, you have this 120 BPM diffusers. Explain that to me. I know BPM stands for B per minute, but yeah. I've never seen the 120, so. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's that nice little like mid-tempo, bouncy kind of uh, BPM. Uh, a lot of my beats are usually around there because I make like trap R&B. So it's usually very like, you know, chill with some bounce. And I feel like that 120 BPM just really kind of um, kind of suits it well. That's also like the default for uh, Logic that I use, my uh, DAW that I use. So uh, most of the time, I'll just like start playing with that. And most of the time, I won't even change it. So that's kind of how that came about. What's the oldest piece of equipment you think you still own? So I don't actually know how old it is, but I got it from a coworker. It's a Akai MPK-49. Uh, I've used it on a lot of my tracks. I like, I like having enough keys to kind of like play stuff out because I like a lot of like harmonies and layering like chords and stuff. So um I, I don't feel like it's older than me, of course, but I definitely feel like it's got to be at least maybe six to eight plus years old. Okay. And it's still holding up, so it's, it's at the great age. It's at the wild no, it's age. Great. And I got for free, so. Okay, that's <laughs> even better. Um, so you're, you're an artist, but you also, I know you also do like the business part of the brand, which is who you are and you're producing. How do you balance both of those, like being the creative? and the, uh, the business owner at the same time. Yeah, honestly, I'm not gonna say it's something that comes easily. I feel I feel like I do kind of have some bits of like that entrepreneurial spirit, but it can be very hard at times to, um, you know, focus on the business the way you want to focus on the creative. Like everybody wants to make beats and stuff, but nobody wants to fill out the metadata for like uh, the platform that they're uploading beats to and stuff like that. So it really just comes down to like setting a schedule. So like what I have set up, I have like block scheduling. So I have like this time where I need to like write out an email to my email list or like this time where I need to upload artwork for beats or this time where I need to fill out a spreadsheet or something like that. And I feel like just being able to schedule it and kind of see it kind of like you would like a regular like nine to five. I feel like that helps a lot. Okay. You sound like you got it planned out. I need to, <laughs> I need to get on that, on that wavelength right there. I will say it's a work in progress, but we're, we're, we're trying to get some things together. <laughs> All right, so you say you burn CDs, so that means me and you might be around like the same age or we know like the same type of, you know, greatness. 
how do you combat or even adjust to like marketing on social media? Because like back in the days, it's pretty much was like word of mouth or like I'm gonna try to pass out like CDs or beats here, beats there. How are you like? I don't know. I would say adjusting or even like like still against like marketing via social media. Yeah, so I will say I feel like I'm kind of I'm like the at the end tail of like the millennials. So, you know, I dealt with like the dial up, but I also was in the age of technology. So like it was normal for me to have like computers and like computer labs in school and stuff. And, you know, it was normal for me to have a phone granted like a flip phone in like middle school. So I'm kind of, you know, like at the cusp of that like millennial Gen Z edge. But at the same time, I think for me, um, it's just kind of fun. I think I, I've had my lulls like where I'll be like really into it and then like really not because I think I like I like kind of showing off my personality as well as like my music, but I'm not necessarily like a, I'm not a videographer. So sometimes creating content can be a little tough just because it's not something I'm naturally very good at. But I think for me, it's always just come down to, you know, being able to show off my craft and my personality at the same time. So like I might like crack a joke or I might say something silly or, you know, make like a cute like, like pose or something like that. But just something to showcase that, you know, I'm being true to myself while also, you know, showing what I can do as well. So it, I'll definitely say it's it's been an adjustment, but um, that as well as doing like a lot of research. So you got to kind of figure out what's going on, what the trending sounds are, but also just kind of, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. And at the end of the day, like, you know, sometimes you just gotta just do it. So that's kind of how I approach it too. So we're both uh, female artists. How do you feel about pretty much like any industry, like pending or pinning us against each other or even like prolonging like beef? Because the current beef right now is uh, Nikki and Lotto. Yeah. which I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a valid, like, you know, argument, disagreement, anything you want to say like that. But I also feel like us as women, we can handle that, like, behind the scenes and deal with it and, like, still progress and move on. How do you feel about, like, how, like, the outside sources are making it, like, more of a bigger thing? Yeah, um, honestly, it's it's sad to see. And I, I felt for a second, like when I think when Megan first kind of came up, like Megan the Stallion, when she first kind of came up, I thought we were kind of getting to a place where like we could have all these like female rappers kind of coexist. Because by then I feel like it was like Megan the Stallion, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, City Girls, and like so many others. And there are a bunch of other like rappers I like too. I can consider Doja Cat a rapper as well as like, I really like like Flo Millie. Like there's so many of them. So it really is just kind of disappointing, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I still believe that, you know, women can coexist in the industry. I do think there are a lot of situations of like he said, she said, where something someone said will get, you know, misconstrued or will just get taken like way out of context. And, you know, when it's in the internet or out in the internet, you can't get that back. So I think that that alone probably causes like way more beefs than there probably should be. Now, why some artists decide to take it to social media after DMs, I don't know. Um, I don't feel like that's very, you know, helpful or productive, but I'm also not a celebrity, so I guess I wouldn't know. I mean, but I, I think, I think um, what we've seen for so many years now is that when the media get a, get a hold of things, or even when, like, blog sites just make assumptions, like, it just get crazy. So the fact that like artists are like 
dealing with it on the social platform. For some, I understand because they're like younger, so that's like legit, like the place they go to besides like people that they can like connect to um, in their family or in their circle. And they might not even have those people, but like, like I said, time and time again, like examples of having everything on the internet has been like proven to not be the best. So I'm just, I'm just confused over like, it always like it always end up being like all right. It's now on the internet, so now it's for all of us to say who's wrong and right. When they could have just dealt with that like on their own, like yeah. on their own time. Oh, I definitely agree. You know, I, I'm I've never really been one not to you know shame anybody or anything, but you know I've never really been one to put my like personal personal business out there i'll be like oh i ate an apple today not like i can't stand this rapper xyz <laughs> so you know i guess everybody has to kind of get their stuff out in their own way but yeah i definitely don't think it's the best look right now honestly i hope they resolve it um i feel like they both make you know good music so it would be nice for them to hopefully squash it or honestly i hope it's like one of those things where it's just one big like blow up for like promo or something like that like, I feel like, you know, getting a lot of press and then, like, throwing some single or something. Or even if they got to throw some diss tracks out to, like, get their anger out. Like, I prefer that. I want to hear some music. Definitely. Uh, what would you say is an instrument or even a piece of equipment that was the hardest for you to learn? Um, honestly, I'm still kind of learning. But my uh, MPK, not, sorry, not my MPK, my machine, uh, was it? MK3, they all have like the same name, so like, it's hard to differentiate them. But uh, my machine, my little drum machine that I have, um, it's a very powerful tool, but there's just like so much to it. It has like that little slider at the bottom, so you can do stuff like, uh, I think you can play with like pitch and modulation and also like, uh, what is it, the like beat, so like 1 16th of a beat or like 1 32nd when you're dealing with like hi-hats and stuff and like rolls. So there's that. And then I also learned, uh, I don't know how long ago, but like you can actually do like chords, play chords and like notes on it. So I just feel like I thought it did like one or two things and I'm starting to learn that it does so much more. And I think honestly, the inter the interface is, isn't the most intuitive, maybe to me. I don't know if that's like just me and how I learn or if the software is just kind of wonky. But I would definitely say that's probably the hardest I've had to, or hardest instrument for me to learn. Instrument. How would you finesse your way into producing for a celebrity? Um, so I feel like it depends on how urgent it is. I feel like if I want to get on a song with Drake in like a week or something like that, my best bet would probably be to be either like spam my way into his DMs or like um, almost create, you know, like how some people will create like these just like wildly either controversial or like just outlandish like videos on TikTok and stuff. Like I would either create like a strategy to say something, like even like saying I have a beef with like XYZ person or something. I mean, that's kind of like ridiculous, but something just to like, you know, grab somebody's attention, like the likes of a Drake or some other artist like that. But I think if I wanted to play the long game, I would start uh, looking up some A&Rs and also engineers that he's maybe worked with or come in contact with, or looking up the engineers of some of the artists that he works with or that are assigned to him and kind of like, you know, try and wiggle my way in through there by just connecting with them, creating relationships with them and, you know, sending them beats if they, um, if they either let me or request them. So producers, um, I think in like the, 
the coming years or like the past probably like ten years, um, we really like her producers or like heard her producers and like really seen them like in the forefront. Um, and in the past, they were more so like in the back. Like we, if you was really in the music industry, you would know who produced something. Why do you think that producers are kind of like overlooked, even though they're the ones that's like initially like creating the 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 song? Well, I feel like um, I really feel like it comes down to just like, you know, who the people see when you, you know, when you make something like when you're watching a movie, you know, you're there for the actor, not necessarily the director, unless it's like, you know, a Steven Spielberg or something of the sort. So I think it's more so just what those who like consume the content are seeing and you know, when they see like music videos, award shows, uh, performances and stuff, you know, you're seeing the artists first, you're not seeing the producers, you're not seeing the engineers or A&Rs, et cetera. You're seeing like the artist, the like star, the person who's, you know, name is on the beat and stuff like that. So I think, honestly, I don't know. I feel like for most producers, that's probably how they want it with maybe just a little more recognition. But for the most part, that's why I feel like we are kind of just like, in the background it's like partially by choice and partially just because you know we're not really the person the consumer necessarily wants to see where does your love for r&b come from or like what artists spark this love for r&b for you so for me i would definitely say my mom's uh music taste like you know when you're going to the car you usually listen to whatever your mom has on the radio so or whatever she's playing on her like iPod or phone or whatever so for me I used to listen to a lot of her like playlists and stuff which is like a lot of like old oldies like 80s and 90s kind of stuff so you know once I started developing my own kind of like musical taste I like to listen to a lot of like Destiny's Child and like Beyonce uh Usher and Brandy like you know a lot of the like really hard-hitting like R&B greats as well as some of the like older and more pop sounding artists like you know like a Whitney Houston or like you know obviously like Michael Jackson's or Janet Jackson as well like just some of those bigger artists because it was partially what my mom listened to and then I kind of like listened to the newer artists at the time who like were inspired by those people and um yeah that's where I would say it came from okay if you could work with any of the older artists just one who would you pick <laughs> any of the older artists yeah, so I'm going to say, from, have you listened to music from the 70s or know, like, uh, Yeah, I, I definitely know some. No, from the 70s to the 90s. I feel like for me, um, well, I would say if I, I could work with them today, it would probably be Beyonce, just because I love Beyonce. But if I had to work with anyone from any, uh, any of the time periods, like, during that time, I'm not sure. I feel like... Honestly, I feel like it would be kind of crazy to work with like Michael Jackson, especially around the time like he was creating like Thriller. I feel like this would be like a fly on the wall or to be able to even have like a hand and seeing him and like Quincy Jones work together. I feel like that would be crazy. That'd be dope. All right. What's more like what, what, are, what are we expecting from you in the future with your projects, your creations? Yeah, so actually I'm going to say it so I can keep myself to hold myself to it. I really want to create like a Christmas instrumental EP. I love like Christmas music and uh, even some of the instrumentals and stuff. So I think it'd be really fun to do that because it's something I haven't done before and it's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. So I think that would be really cool to do. 
Um, and also just like putting my face back out there again. I think there was a moment where I was um, a little hesitant to put stuff out on social media. So, you know, and this is honestly a good start for me, you know, getting my camera set back up and really getting used to, you know, putting myself in front of the camera again and, you know, hopefully showing more of my process and, you know, a little more of my funny and personality as well as like my music and stuff too. If you could put any artist on this Christmas EP or like, on any of the Christmas instruments you make, what artists or what handful of artists would you have on it? I feel like I have to go with the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey. Like, I, I feel like it would be crazy to say anything else almost. Like, she makes t at least two million a year with, uh, what is it? All I want for Christmas is you, so you know. That bad. Maybe Bryson, he did a cool little Christmas something, something, something. Like, there are some artists that are coming out with some really fun stuff. Or honestly, like, Tamar Braxton. I really like her little Christmas uh, EP that she put out a few years ago. Like, that was some quality work. For, like, a Christmas album especially. Like, some of these artists are not playing with these holiday songs. So, I feel like Tamar would also be really cool to work with.